Are you a female entrepreneur who wants to make a bigger impact on the world? You're booked and busy and you love serving your clients, but your time is capped. You want to do more. You often wonder how you can help more people without spending so many hours on social media, repeating content that only a handful of people will see. Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Too Busy to Podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast launch and system strategist, and I'm on a mission to help you create a podcast that connects and builds community with your audience and converts them into clients. Are you ready to leverage the power of your voice? Let's head into this week's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Too Busy to Podcast. On the show today, we have Cassandra Collins, a content repurposing expert who has leaned on the advice her grandfather gave her at a very young age, which was work smarter, not harder. She applies this concept to content creation and teaches people how to create new content without creating new content, which I can't wait to delve into. By teaching people how to maximize their podcasts into multiple forms of content, she helps coaches and healers hit more people in their target audience. Cassandra, hello. I am so happy that you're here with me today. How are you? I am so excited to be here. It is good to talk to you again. I'm excited to talk about all things content repurposing. So am I. We first connected, well, maybe second connected, (laughs) a couple months ago. So I'm really glad that we were able to make this happen today, just in time for the launch of season three later this month. So with no further ado, I just want to say very wise words from your grandfather. That's something that a rule that I live by as well. People tend to overcomplicate things. And I am very much of the mindset of keeping it as simple as possible. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I would love to get started by kind of delving in a little bit more as to how you started doing this. How did you start repurposing content in the online space? Well, it started about four years ago when I left the corporate world because I knew that there was something out there that would allow me to do, you know, the things that I love while still being the mom and the wife and taking care of things at home. Um, Being present in my child's life was extremely important to me and I missed a lot of it. Um, so I left the corporate world and entered the online space after a friend of mine was like, Cassandra, you have an advertising degree. She was like, the things that you can do are needed in the online space. Just try it. So I put myself out there within a month. I had replaced my income. Um, and I've been doing it full time ever since. Um, so I've always been a writer. I was actually published in fifth grade with a poem, like in an anthology type of book. And I mean, I've always been a writer. It's something I've always enjoyed. And so I combine that thing that brings me joy with the knowledge that I have. And I brought it to the online space. And then as I started to see, you know, entrepreneurs really struggle to create content and they were literally, that's all they were getting done in their business. I was like, come on now, you got to work smarter, not harder. (laughs) Wow. Your first month. month. So I know thinking back, it's been a while, 
But what were some of the things, how did you put yourself out there to be booked out or replace your corporate income so quickly? Networking, 100%. Having genuine conversations with people, building genuine relationships and just being who I authentically am. Like that is 100% how I was able to just, you know, put myself out there and be me and the rest I really feel like was, you know, left up to fate, left up to the universe. So. And have you pivoted in any way? You said four years, wasn't it? Yeah. Go. In the beginning, I started out as a general VA. Mm. And then as I started to grow and evolve and grow and evolve some more, and, you know, I became this content repurposer. And that's really what my entire business is built on now. I feel like so many of us, like service providers, started as a general VA. (laughs) Gotta start somewhere, right? We gotta start somewhere. And I suppose that is the typical sort of entry into like service provision in the online space. But it's just amazing how many of us have started there and have found our true path in some way as a result of that. So like, I know for me, I started as a general VA using my background as a PA, but it just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't feel as, I don't know, especially back then, they do now, but I tend to kind of gloss over it. There was this huge emphasis on make an impact, make an impact. And there I was, you know, scheduling meetings and scheduling um, social media posts for my clients. I was like, oh, this is not very impactful. So that took me down the sort <laughs> The sort of um, like, what can I do to make more of an impact? And so here we both are. You're obviously way ahead of me, double the time. So you've seen so much more than I have. But I think that what you do is absolutely amazing. That's how I started in, well, that's how I kind of learned about podcasting. My client, my VA client said, oh, can you repurpose some? She was guesting on lots of podcasts. And she was like, oh, Rosemary, can you repurpose some of my podcast guest appearances? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I don't know about you, but as a VA, especially as a new VA, a new business owner, you just kind of said yes (laughs) to everything. I had no clue what repurposing meant. I Googled it. I asked a few questions (laughs) in a couple VA groups, and then I kind of figured it out. But I know now that it's so much more than what I thought it was then. So for anyone listening who doesn't, they might have heard the term, but doesn't really know what it means. Do you mind giving your definition of repurposing? So my definition of content repurposing is taking one piece of content that you've already created, be it current or past, and truly maximizing it and turning it into multiple forms of content so that you can hit more of your audience. So an example of that would be taking this podcast episode, we're going to turn it into three or four social media posts, an email and part of a newsletter, right? So it's all like you can take one piece of content and make it into so many things. And now 
with the beauty of reels and audiograms and everything else, we can even take the recording that we're doing here and turn it into, you know, a video or an audio reel on Instagram. So there's really so much that you can do from just one piece of content. And it's just maximizing that content you've already created so that you don't feel this pressure to always be creating something new. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but even just, I think it was just yesterday, within maybe 10 minutes of each other, I saw one post talking about stick to one platform. Then I saw another post about you need to be everywhere. Marketing is changing. What would your opinion be on that? You need to be where your people are, period. Yeah. If your people are on LinkedIn and Facebook, then you should be on LinkedIn and Facebook. If your people are only on Instagram, I have a client that is solely on Instagram and she's built, Mm. you know, an amazing business, but she's solely on Instagram because that's where her clientele is. So it's, you need to be where your clientele, where your target audience is. Yeah. And that's where the repurposing will help you. So if your audience is on, like for me, I'm on LinkedIn. That's how we connected. I'm on Instagram as well. And then I cross post to Facebook exactly the same as Instagram. So that will make sense for me. But I think a lot of people think that they will then need to create three pieces of content for each platform, but you don't. That is not working smarter. (laughs) No, you can literally create, you know, one long form or even short form post, you know, that can go on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Then you can turn around and take a clip of the video, you know, about maybe what your short form had to talk about. And that can go on Reels. Like Reels is the preferred content now in Instagram. So, I mean, uh, say you did a podcast episode that where you gave like five tips to create a, a new podcast, new podcast or five tips to get started, right? You can very easily take just those five tips and create a reel in Canva using B-roll film from Pexels. <laughs> I love how you said that. Yeah. So for anyone listening who's like, mm, I'm not really a reels person. I don't want to dance and point. This is an alternative. Canva is your best friend. I don't even like being on camera. Like you will very rarely even see me post pictures of myself because I'm a behind the scenes kind of person. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can set it up Instagram reels. They have a template in Canva. Just get yourself some B-roll film and you can create beautiful reels, especially if it's tips or five steps or checklists or something like that. Okay. So let's get into the juicy stuff. (laughs) So for people listening who have heard what we've talked about thus far. And it's kind of, you know, it's marinating. It's like, ah, I could do this. You've given a little bit of an example already, but say they haven't started their podcast yet because a lot of my listeners haven't necessarily started yet. What are some tips that you could share that will help them get started without feeling overwhelmed? Because like a lot of business owners, when we think about doing something out, something new, I know I certainly feel like this sometimes. It's like, oh, but I've got enough on my plate already. Even though we we both know that this will save them time in the long run, what are those sort of easy steps or easy tips that they could take to get started? 
So the first thing I would do would be, say you haven't started a podcast yet, but you have a blog, okay? You can go pick these blogs that were very, very relevant and did very, very well and turn them into social media posts as you start to prepare, you know, for your podcast, because these are likely going to be topics you're going to talk about on your podcast or blogs and content you've already created, right? These are likely going to be topics that you use. They're things that you're knowledgeable about. So you can start by taking those blogs repurposing those blogs or even old social media posts, or maybe you did a Facebook live, you can use any of those things and actually repurpose them into social media posts and emails to start promoting your podcast that's coming out. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it is. And the easiest way, especially if you're, if say you're using a Facebook live or something like that, You really want to utilize transcription by using otter.ai because once you already have that video into written form, it makes it so much easier to go through it and be like, oh, this was a really great point. Let me pull that out and then let me elaborate on it. Oh, here's another really great point. Let me pull that out and elaborate on it. And most of the time, if you've done a video, you've already elaborated on it some. It just needs cleaned up, right? It just needs the proper formatting for social media because you're not going to post, you know, a big, long block of content that's this long. It's it's one right after the other. And so with a little formatting, that transcription is content gold. Yeah. And I love how you mention the Instagram lives or the Facebook lives, or even if you do videos for your membership. Exactly. Or if you're at the point of having a mastermind, because for people who haven't started their podcast yet, I think a lot of people think, amongst other things, <laughs> that they have to start from scratch. But what I'm hearing from you is that you really don't. You really so don't. even if you don't have a podcast, if you haven't started a blog, you will have content somewhere that you can get started with. Exactly. Today. Today. If you have Facebook lives that you've done, Instagram lives that you've done, like you said, videos that might be in a membership, maybe you've advised a prior client on a certain subject via email. Okay, well, you've given them free information. You've advised them. So that's something that you can use as a topic for a social media post or an email. There's really so many things you can do to repurpose content. And so many forms of content that you can repurpose at that. And one of my favorite things to do, especially, and I'm going to cross over into like the graphic world here a little bit, is when I transcribe something, when I see a line that's kind of like that punch you in the gut, get your attention kind of line, those are your lines that are perfect to put on quote graphics. Yeah, 100%. I saw somewhere, I can't remember if we talked about this. But I saw somewhere about the ratio, like how much you should change up your original content. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, if you've seen the statement that's like, ooh, that's really going to hit them to take action or to just do something to change their circumstances. How else can one repurpose? So say we were talking about this podcast episode, this isn't necessarily the standard five steps to or five tips to, which I think are easier. Because like you said, you can just pull them out, Mm -hmm. transcribe, pull them out, stick them on a reel, 
or elaborate more in a blog post. But if it's more of a, I don't know, of a, of a conversation, what are your kind of tips for those sort of scenarios? So I may not be giving you five tips, but I'm giving you a lot of examples. So a great thing to pull when it's a conversation like this is examples that a person shared or real like experiences that you've shared that you've already been to through because you know, uh, you know, even as a content creator, as anyone in the online space, you still have to show up as a real person on the other side of the screen, right? So, you know, my story about my grandfather telling me at a young age, my, you know, my farmer grandfather saying, you know, work smart, not hard, like that's something great that you can repurpose because it's a genuine story about who I authentically am. Um, so like I said, even if you don't have like a five steps to or how to or something, you know, five tips, there are a lot of examples that will be given in a podcast that you could then turn around. And, you know, in this case, you know, top five types of content to create from your podcast, social media posts, email newsletter, Instagram reels, you know. I see why this is your thing. (laughs) (laughs) That really did not occur to me at all. Full disclosure. (laughs) This is really your thing. No, I love it. I love it. So I had seen somewhere, I can't remember where, about a ratio, like 80%, 20%. Do you follow anything like that? No. Not at all. I think that you can't go wrong when you're just authentically being yourself. Yeah. I think honestly, more than anything in the online space, people are so tired of like the bro marketing and you need to do this and you need to do that. And they're just really connecting with people who are authentically being themselves. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And to be fair, that's something that I'm seeing a lot of people say to the point where it's becoming not cliche but it's just becoming something that's said. I agree. Yeah, but it is true. I just, just like with anything, people seem to latch latch on to a term and then just kill it. Exactly. <laughs> repeat and repeat. To beat it to death, death right? beat it to death. But you're 100% <laughs> right. It is about being authentically you. And I don't know about anyone listening, but I am definitely in a place in my business where I've got a hell of a lot of content. I've got the podcast and then maybe two years now worth of social media posts. And when I started out, a lot of it was tips about podcasting. And so I find myself looking in 101 different places (laughs) for my content. And so I wondered if you had any recommendations for how people could keep all their stuff in one place. (laughs) So for my clients, I utilize a Google Doc. And every time I write something, I write it in the Google Doc first, instead of being native in whatever it is, you know, LinkedIn, that way it also lives somewhere else. And you can go back and refer to it. Um, As far as podcasts, you know, keeping them organized in a folder on your computer, something like that. If you utilize otter.ai, it does store all your transcriptions. Um, But if you want to be safe, you actually can export them onto like a Google Doc or a Microsoft Word or something like that. I have seen 
some people catalog like their prior social media posts by using a Google Sheet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that way they actually can track the date that they posted it and they can track um, what they actually posted, like the content itself. And then they actually keep track of like the metrics on the other side of it. So they're like, okay, I really need a post that was really, really good. Let me scroll through here. Let me find something on this topic and look at all the metrics and then I can decide which one I want to use. Yeah, I think I am probably going a little bit to that level where I'm using Airtable. I used to use Mm -hmm. Trello with a Zap. So Zapier, if no one's aware of Zapier, Zapier is fantastic. It allows two tools to talk to each other. That's the most simplistic way that I can explain it, but I'll ensure that the link is in the show notes if you want to check it out. But essentially, I am able to use Zapier to connect Instagram to Trello, now Airtable, so that every time I post, it's automatically saved. It's, It's a fabulous thing. That is amazing. Yeah, that's a good point in terms of, so that's what I'm doing. I'm using Airtable to kind of catalog. So I have prompts and I'll have the full but then there's a podcast and then having the transcriptions and links. I just need one sort of database Mm -hmm. because I've got so much content. Yeah. And if you're at the point where, you know, you want to use systems like that, Airtable is a great option. Um, I really like Airtable and I really like ClickUp too. Yeah. I keep hearing about ClickUp. ClickUp scares me. I'm not even going to (laughs) lie. It scared me at first, but I've gotten really used to it. Yeah. I'm sure it's one of those things that I'll get used to, but I need the headspace and the time to Mm -hmm. sit down (laughs) because I've heard that it's, you know, it's like Trello and Asana had a baby. (laughs) That's what I've heard. Basically. So yeah, I need the headspace and the time to write. That's probably a Christmas sort of task, a project. Um, And you're right about social media posts. It's good to kind of monitor. I haven't got there yet. There's just not enough time in the day to do all this stuff. Trust me, I get it. And if you can spend the time organizing your content into content pillars, it helps even more to be able, if you want to schedule them ahead of time, because then you'd say, okay, on Monday, I'm going to do this content pillar. On Tuesday, I'm going to do this content pillar. And it really will help you to be able, when you want to get to the point to scheduling ahead of time. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that I put in my Airtable sheet as well. So it's good to know that I'm on the right track. You are. Yay! It only took two years. <laughs> Never mind. There's all swings and roundabouts in business. Okay, so are there any sort of um, mistakes or where you've probably seen people or your clients kind of fall into? Well, if you're going to use a, a transcription, you definitely want to be very aware that it is transcribing based on the way that you talk, not necessarily by the way that you write. So you use it as a starting point and then you go through it and you correct the grammar and you may have to move some lines around to make it flow. With social media, you want flow. With emails, you want flow because that's what's going to keep the people reading, right? So if it doesn't make sense, people are just going to be like, what? She's talking gibberish. Like, I'm done. So... You know, you really want to make sure that you're paying attention to the grammar and the flow and um, the spacing. You know, you want to make sure you have enough white space, especially for social media and emails. Nobody wants to see a block of text this big. (laughs) Nobody wants to see that. 
Nobody. Yeah. They'll stop reading. So, um, yeah. So just be very aware of your formatting, of your grammar and the punctuation, um, especially if you are using a transcription. Yeah. I think Otter's one of the best, if not the best, in terms of accuracy. But at the end of the day, it's not a human. So in terms of the people that you work with, coaches and healers, what are the sort of common struggles that they come to you with? Is it just mainly time or is there anything else that you've seen over the course of the time you've been doing this work? I would say eight times out of 10, Mm. they don't want to be the person creating content. They show up best when they're showing up for their clients. Now, that being said, something may happen during their meetings with their clients that comes, you know, for great content. Some coaches that have a podcast, you know, use things from their client meetings as topics for their podcast. But when it comes to actually writing, they despise it. (laughs) Despise, that's a heavy word. (laughs) They despise it. Wow. You know, not everybody is a writer. You know, we have to show up in multiple ways in the online space. We know that. But not everybody enjoys writing. And the most people that I work with, you know, they are more focused on showing up for their clients and they need somebody to handle the other stuff. And so what about the other two out of 10? What do they struggle with? The other two out of 10 actually enjoy writing, but the things that they're writing aren't necessarily connecting. There's some kind of disconnect between what they're saying in their messaging or the flow of their posts or something of that nature. And they just need a little coaching or a little, you know, editing review. Let me look over it and tell you how I would change it kind of work. So I do do just a little bit of that. Um, But I do, you know, just that little bit of coaching. So there are people that enjoy it and they do create good content. But, uh, you know, for example, one of my clients, English is not his native language. Uh Um, So I kind of coach him and show him how I would reword some of the common phrases that he uses that don't really make sense to you know, a lot of people in the audience. Ah, that makes sense. So you offer done for you as well as coaching sessions as well. I do. <laughs> oh, okay. So for, you know, our listeners, please do share how you work in case, you know, anyone's inspired by our conversation and thinks Cassandra is my girl to help me with my repurposing. Please do share how you work with your clients. So I work with my clients uh, on a very personal level. Um, I feel like we have to really be able to get to know each other so that I can really capture their tone and, you know, their voice. Um, On top of that, I'm an empath. So uh, what was once a curse to me in my teenage years has now become an incredible asset because I can listen to people's recordings as I'm reading along with the transcription and I can really pick up on the emotion in what it is that they're saying. So I really do like to work. I will, we will talk often. I will ask questions. 
um, especially in the beginning. And then once we get, you know, more comfortable, I can usually just take it and run with it. But a lot of times um, they will either create like a bank of videos that I can go pull from or podcasts. They'll go ahead and arrange that ahead of time, like a bank of content, kind of like what you're doing in Airtable. (laughs) And then I will just go pull. And then we can also, you know, make uh, a plan, a strategy of, okay, this week I want to talk about this. Next week I want to talk about that. The week after that I want to talk about that. So yeah, it's, it's a very, very, for lack of better words, intimate relationship Mm. as far as being able to communicate with each other so that I can capture your voice and your tone. And how do you, I'm just fascinated by copywriters because I just can't imagine. (laughs) Our brain works very differently. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm just like, how can you, it's amazing skill. How are you able to pick up on someone's voice and tone? I'm not sure that it's learned. I've always kind of been someone who could do yeah. that. Like my child starting to pick up on other people's emotions now. And like, she calls me out. She's like, mom, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. She's like, yeah. Oh, bless. Is right. she like three or something? Something's going on and you're <laughs> going to tell me. <laughs> She's really young, isn't she? She'll be That's 13 like, next week. Oh, 13. So, okay. Yeah. So she's like, you know, she's starting to pick up on other people's emotions. And I think Aww. that 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 empathetic nature and very heart centered nature is part of it. Now, that being said, are there ways to learn it? Sure. You're going to listen when you're listening to the transcription. You're going to listen for changes in voice. You're mm-hmm. going to listen for, you know, when maybe their voice, they, they start to talk a little bit faster and they're really excited about what they're talking about. So there are different ways to pick up on the emotion based on those voice cues. And so working with multiple clients, how are you able to, like, what does your day, I'm sorry, I'm digging into your like, whole no, business okay. life. <laughs> like, I'm just fascinated. Like, what is your day made up of? Are you able to jump from one client to the next? Or do you need to take a, can you? Yes, I can. <laughs> oh, that's just fascinating. So now, how are you able to just, how are you able to do that? Honestly, I can't explain <laughs> it. I can't. It's just something, I think it's become easier over the years, definitely in the beginning. Now, that being said, are there times I still wind up completely overstimulated and I need to sit on the couch at the end of the day watching a TV show that requires zero brain cells to watch? Yes. Sometimes by the end of the day, my brain is done. But like I said, always having, especially when you're working with podcasters or people that do a lot of videos, having that video to listen to or that audio to listen to just allows Mm. me to really tap into them. And that's also why I said I have very close relationships with everybody because as I learn more about them as a person, I learn more about them for their business. I learn yeah. about more about who they authentically are. You know, I was actually, I have a Peloton and I was doing a ride the other day and Robin Arzon said, um, the new club hype girl is the online bestie that you've met, but you've never actually met in person. And yeah. that was the most accurate statement ever because we've really changed as a society to where we get to know people on a very deep level that we meet in the online space. Yeah, it's true. And we never get to meet, well, most, we might do at some point, but usually (laughs) we won't get to meet them in person. 
Let's see, out of the million clients that I've had over the past four years, I've met two. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) No, that's amazing. Okay, so that's the done for you. And then what's the coaching consulting package look like? So the coaching and consulting package looks like um, if you are somebody that enjoys writing or um, you have stuff that's already written, but you feel like it needs to be refined, Mm. um, we would meet, you know, on a weekly basis, you would submit content ahead of time and we would meet on a weekly basis where I would go over it with you, you know, each line where I said, okay, you know, this is great. This is what I would change. And here's why I would change it. So I'm not just like editing it for you. I'm showing you this is how it can be more powerful. This is how it can flow better. And this is why you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, writing, I think normal writing (laughs) is one thing. And then what you do is just a totally different thing altogether. It is. And being able to really build the story, like, We read enough promotion and things like that in the online space. And it's that storytelling element and relating your own personal journey to what it is that you're talking about. Like, that's what people want to read. They want to read that somebody's already been there and done that and survived it. And they're doing great. You know, that's that gives us hope as humans. We all want hope. So I think you you really have to to master that art of telling the story. You know, it's funny, about six months ago, I was like, right, I'm not a writer. I'm not going to do it. And then I realized exactly what you just said. You can't get away from it. Even if you do, I mean, it's the reason why I podcast. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest, right? Because I could just show up and talk for hours. I don't, but <laughs> I could if I wanted to. Whereas sitting down to write a post, my brain just goes blank. But then I challenged myself not to put myself in that box, mm-hmm. not to tell myself you can't not do something. I mean, you know, I've had a child, labor was painful. I raised her by myself. That was challenging. How can you then turn around and tell yourself as a business owner that you cannot write? You're not going to write. So since then, I've been on my own sort of journey to conquer writing. I will not be like you, (laughs) but being able to just string together a post that connects with someone and be able to use those stories, whether it's stories of my clients, because I say that I'm too boring. I haven't got any stories. I know that's not true, but that's sort of, that's what I say to myself. But I think it's with confidence. So I think it's fantastic that you offer that sort of coaching to some of your and it does it helps people be more confident in their abilities of writing and a lot of times that's what stops people just like you said you sit down you're like i'm not a writer well here's a fascinating fact about the human brain anytime you sit down to do something Mm -hmm. and you immediately feel that reaction of gosh i'm not a writer i can't do this right that's just your brain it's just your brain keeping you safe because your brain is hardwired for protection, yeah. right? It doesn't want you to do things that make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So a lot of times when I work with people who are feeling that in that instance, you know, I say, okay, well, that is your toddler brain talking and mm-hmm. it's just trying to keep you safe and it's throwing a fit. So let's figure out why. 
Yeah. Like, let's talk about it. Why, why are you feeling like you're not a writer? Why are you feeling like you can't do this? Like what's underneath that surface level Mm. emotion? And sometimes it's comparison, right? Comparison is so rife, so high in the online space. Oh, yes. In you anything stay that away. we do. Yeah. I've got to, I'm slowly getting there where I can go on Instagram and just do what I need to do and not be like, mm-hmm. oh my God, how does she write like that? Because that was my thing, right? I saw how other people mm-hmm. were writing, not copywriters, just normal people in my space, in my niche. Like, how does she write like that? I can't write like that. I'm not going to get clients. And then you just go down. it's like rabbit hole let me challenge that you're you're looking at these people and you're assuming that they're writing their own stuff this is true (laughs) i don't think like that now but that is a very good point (laughs) so the next time you start you know to say oh my gosh why can't i write like her remember it's probably not her (laughs) i don't know if that's better or worse (laughs) not at all but I mean, we, we're all business owners and we need help yeah. from time to time, especially in areas that are not our zone of genius. Exactly. You make your money when you are in your zone of genius. If writing is not yeah. your zone of genius, the minute you can outsource it, outsource it. Oh, 100%. I'm glad that you've reconfirmed that with my bank. When I do get to that point, I'm like, here you go. Go wild. <laughs> go forth, my people. <laughs> Well, this has been an amazing conversation, Cassandra. Is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap up? Just never, you know, you've really inspired me here. Never say you're not a writer because everybody has a story to tell. You know, mine is complicated and lots of twists and turns thrown my way. But the the theme of the story is perseverance for me. I've never Mm. given up. I'm not one to ever give up. I'm very stubborn. I'm very hard headed. And that's just who I am. Mm. Um, But never say you're not a writer because deep down, like once you get comfortable telling, and I think that's a lot of it. People do not like feeling vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They do not like sharing things that feel quote unquote wrong, right? Yeah. So um, once you can get comfortable in that vulnerability and allow yourself to share parts of your story that might deeply connect with someone, like I had no idea you had a daughter and you raised her on your own. Like you and I have so much in common. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. raising my daughter on my own, but I had my daughter at a very young age. Like I was a baby myself. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where when you can get comfortable in that vulnerability and just open your heart as you write, it will make it so much easier. That is an amazing last tip. And I think with vulnerability comes that fear of judgment. I think they kind it of does. go hand in hand. And I think we all need to be on our own journeys where we reach a point where we just don't give a damn. Exactly. What other people. You know what? We have, from a very young age, instilled it in our daughter to not care what other people think. Mm. She's about to turn 13. 
And we have not had the same middle school experience as a lot of other parents because she doesn't care. Like if somebody, my daughter's small, she's four foot 11, she's tiny. And she gets, she was picked on for that for a really long time, but she's like, I don't care. Who cares? I don't, that's your opinion. That's, that's your opinion, not my truth. So amazing. That's amazing, though. I think a lot more kids would benefit from that sort of education. I will say, in my own journey in the online space, one of the most uh, powerful tools that I have given myself is to actually do mindset work. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you do that mindset work, you really do get in tune with who you truly are who you are authentically, you learn how to accept that person. You learn how to accept your story, even if it's uncomfortable. Um, So mindset work really is such a huge piece of the online space that a lot of people are not doing. Yeah. I mean, that's probably a whole different episode. (laughs) A whole different episode. Well, now we have to talk again. (laughs) We'll have to talk again because when you say that, my first thought was that's another term, phrase that I hear quite a lot. You've got to do the mindset work. But I know I've been there and others might be thinking it. Well, what is the mindset work? Do you want to know what one of my favorite mindset pieces yeah. is to do? Not so much in the winter because, you know, we get a lot of snow here, but grounding myself by walking barefoot in my grass. Oh, it really grounds me down. Well, I live in the country, so yeah, you're right. But I live near London. It's not, but you can also, (laughs) you know, you can meditate to ground yourself Mm. or just find quiet. You know, we live in a very busy world, very, very busy world. There's always something going on. And when you can take that five or 10 minutes to just give yourself a minute to breathe Mm. and to be in the quiet and to focus you know, there, it makes a world of difference in your inner peace and your ability to move forward, even when things are hard. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, journaling is a piece of it. Listening to mindset podcasts, reading mindset books. Yeah, that's all part of it. Um, But the deeper part of it is when you're triggered by something, when like when you said you sat down and the fear comes and you say, I'm not a writer, really exploring why you're triggered. When you were a kid, did somebody tell you you were terrible at writing or uh, when you were in college, was it something that that brought you great anxiety, you know, to have to sit down and write a paper like being able to explore what's underneath those service level emotions and making yourself like be okay with them. Like it makes a huge difference in your business because eventually they don't trigger you anymore. You're right. Thank you, Cassandra. Before we go though, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Where do you hang out online? Okay. So I am on LinkedIn um, and I am on Facebook I also have a website where you can reach out to me directly and it's um, www.creativelycassandra.com. And I'm sure you can put that in the show notes because the spelling of my name is a little tricky. Thanks, dad. (laughs) But you can find me on LinkedIn and you can find me on Facebook. And it's Cassandra with an O. Yes, Cassandra with an O in the middle, not with an A. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing 
your knowledge, your expertise, and a little bit on mindset, which was not planned. <laughs> no. So thank you, you so much. you got to talk about it when it comes up. Yeah, 100%. You just got to go with the flow, like you said. Imagine what I can do with this podcast episode when I repurpose it. You are going to have so much content. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much and have a blessed day. You too. See you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.